One, one verse, you'll like that. One verse, and it's verse 10. Verse number 10. And the Bible says, To the intent now, under the principalities and powers in heavenly places, might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Boy, what a verse that is. And I'm excited about this. The last time we met in Ephesians chapter 3, we saw the mystery of the church. And what is a mystery? It's not that it's something that isn't known. It is something that was not previously known, but that now is made known. Okay. And so the church has always been in the plan of God. It was a mystery. It was known. It was planned for, but it was made manifest in these last days. It was kept hidden for the for the ages it was but it was revealed by the apostles it wasn't revealed by the prophets it wasn't revealed by um by the guy uh you know uh, working at the hot dog stand. It wasn't revealed, but it was revealed by God's prophets. And it is the most important entity on the planet. I mean, there's some pretty cool stuff going on in the world, right? I mean, there's some pretty neat stuff. I, I like going to St. Louis to the drag races. Man, that's pretty sweet. You ever want... <laughs> Who's with me? Yeah, Alan's coming next time. If you ever see 10,000 horsepower go down the go down a quarter mile in about 3.2 seconds, friend, that's pretty awesome. And you got to go see it. We've got grandkids that need to go, and uh, I know they'll probably blow their eardrums out, but they they I'm telling you, it's pretty cool, pretty cool. Now I know you may be thinking of something else that's really pretty neat that goes on on the planet, right? Pretty pretty interesting watching some things. But I'm telling you, there is nothing there is nothing more important going on in the planet, going on in the universe, more important than the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the church that Jesus started. Jesus said, "I will build my church," right? My ecclesia. Do you know that word ecclesia? He did not make up that word. He did not make up a word on his own and said, well, I'm going to make up a word and that's going to be church. No, he said, my church, meaning there are other churches. There are other ecclesias. What is an ecclesia? It is a called out assembly. What this is right here, it's an assembly. It's a called called out assembly. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. He's going to build my, I'm going to build my church. And, And others would come, listen, others would come that would put church on their door but they're not the church that Jesus started. Oh, that's pretty bold to say, isn't it? I'm just going by the word of God, man. I'm just going by the identifying marks of the church that Jesus started. The church is a masterpiece and it should not be minimized. No, it doesn't save us. It's not the way to heaven. It, it, becoming a member of the, of the church doesn't get you entrance into heaven. It is, it is what, uh, where God has placed us after we are saved to accomplish God's will through our life. It, it, it's not up to us. Right. The how am I going to say this? I'm 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 trying to figure out how to say this here. The church is a masterpiece, and it's not up to us how much seriousness we place on the church. Do you realize some people say, "Well, well, yeah, they they go to church a lot. I get it. I, I get it." But I just I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal, friend. It's not up to us. 
We're not the one who determines the value and the seriousness of the church. It's not up to us whether we are members or not. It's not up to us how, how, how involved we, are, we decide that we're going to be. The church of Jesus Christ, it's bigger than your hobby. It's bigger than your job. It's bigger than your security and your safety. It's bigger than the government's authority, friend. Yeah, we, we dealt with that not too long ago, didn't we? Well, you can't do this and you can't do that and you got to do this and you got to do that. And I like, unfortunately, the one who said it, I'm praising God he said it. I'm glad he said it out, out there out in the West. But he said, he said, he made this public statement. He said, you're not Caesar. Well, amen. They're not Caesar, right? Peter said, hey, we ought to obey God rather than man. The church of Jesus Christ is the body of Jesus Christ continuing to do the work of redemption that he started drawing people unto himself. No, no, the work is finished, right? He said on the cross, it is finished. Redemption has been settled. The price had been played. The blood had been shed. There was nothing else that needed to be done to bring men and women women to the Lord Jesus Christ, but the calling of them to Christ, that is the role and the position, the job of the church when Jesus said, go out in all the world and preach the gospel. And listen, you're a part of that work. Pretty big work, friend. No, I, I am not, listen, this is not, not hyperbolic. There is not a greater work going on in this planet earth than the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and his church. Let me say it again. There's a lot that say they're the church of Jesus Christ and they're not. There's a, listen, there's a lot of money grubbing going on in there. There's a lot of big institutions, but man, they can make the bucks. It's not what it's about. Yeah. Are you, are you with me on that? Or are you in the money grubbing? You all right? You want to? <laughs> you don't have no money to grub, do you, brother? <laughs> it's an important thing. This is a big deal going on. Well, you know, there's only 30 people in here. That's not the point. That's not the point. The point is, the point is, who's the head of this body? It's Jesus Christ. That makes it a big thing, friend. Very big thing. I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine the President of the United States calling, calling you and saying, and pick whatever president. Okay, don't get all bitter at me. Just pick whatever president that you like, okay? And just say, think he called you, all right? You can fill in the president that you like. Maybe it was, maybe it was, uh, you know, LBJ. Okay, he called you. No, that's not a good one. Maybe it was, maybe okay. Take Reagan. Take whoever. Put put your name. Put put the name in there. And maybe he called you and he said, Hey, you know what? You're a citizen of the United States of America, and I've got a big meeting going on. And would you come and be a part of it? Hello. No, really, this is whoever your president is. This is so-and-so. And I've got a meeting. I want you to be a part of this meeting. I want you to be a part of this new program. I want you to help us know how to implement the program. I want to get as many of Americans as possible on board for this program. So when the, it comes time to say yes to the program, it'll pass with overwhelming support. I want you to be a part of structuring and, and getting this program out there into the world. No, serious question. Would you amend your schedule to attend the meeting? I know it's a silly story, but in all seriousness, could you tell your boss, how many people would you call up and go, I got a meeting with the president. He called me, wants me to come in. 
Yeah, the plane showed up. It's like really here. I'm leaving. Yeah. You think you'd change your schedule? Maybe. Do you, do, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe you take the invite seriously, right? Maybe when you got to the meeting, you'd be engaged like, hmm, boy, that's great. That's fascinating. Wow, that's incredible, right? Could you imagine the president's talking and you're going, oh, wait, nobody has watches anymore. Back there. Pull your phone out. Play. Right. Now, come on, man. We wouldn't do that, would we? There's no way we would do that. We'd probably take the responsibility a little bit seriously. Listen, listen, saints, there is nothing more important going on on this planet than the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so important. It is so amazing that the angels of heaven are educated by the church in the wisdom of God. You say, whoa, that's a lot. Okay, good. We're going to look at that today. And this is the title. This, that was just introduction, okay? This is the title this morning. When angels come to church, you say, angels come to church? I'm going to show you this. When angels come to church, would they come to our church? I want you to notice here, verses 1 through 8, the marvel of Paul. Remember, he said in verse 2, this dispensation was given to me. Verse 2, if you had heard that the dispensation of grace of God, which is given me to you, word, that word dispensation, oikonomia, house rule, stewardship. Paul said, this stewardship of the gospel was given to me. It was given to me to reveal this great mystery, which was the church. And it's a, it's in verse six here, we see this marvel of the church when he says the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So here we have in the Old Testament, the Gentiles, you and I, if you're not a Jew in here today and you're a Gentile, according to those Jews, you were what? You were a dog. You were nothing. You were below in that, in that society, you were below the role of a woman. Yeah, and they didn't have a very high standard for a woman. But if you were a Gentile, you were even lower. If you got to go to the, t- if you went to the temple and you you uh, worshipped, okay, you could come to the temple. The, there you go. You'd have the, where the men would go and the outside court where the women would go, and then outside of that you'd have the Gentiles, and they could come in there. They could come and worship, but no, listen, they weren't going to be a part of Israel. They're going to be separate. And Paul here says the marvel of the church is that here it is, Jew and Gentile are fellow heirs with Jesus Christ. No, they're just not allowed to show up. They're just not allowed to come and sit in the back where Brother Chuck is because he's just a, a Gentile Greek back there sitting in the very back, right? He, he's not allowed up front here where all the special people are, right? He's just allowed in the back. You know, the church of Jesus Christ, you know what? There's no difference between Brother Chuck and Brother Martin in the eyes of God. At the, at the level of the, at the, at the, at the ground of the cross, everybody's the same. And Paul said, this is the marvel of the church. That Jew and Gentile and Greek and barbarian, whether, where, where, however they come, when they come into Christ and they, and they come into the church, they're of the same body and they partake of the same promises of Christ. That's incredible. Yeah. Aren't you glad we don't have the, the caste system of India? We're no, listen, regardless of where you're born, you're staying there. You're staying there. If you're going to stay within that culture, you're going to stay there. Jesus says, I don't care where you come from. 
you're going to be joint heirs with me when you get in. Well, you don't understand. I, I don't have a religious background. My parents never brought me to church. So? Well, you don't understand. I have a really, really weird belief system, and, and I, I really thought this. So? Oh, you don't understand. I was a witch. So? You don't understand. My mother was the top atheist in the world that got prayer out of school. <laughs> yeah. And William Murray says so. We're all the same in Christ. It's the marvel of the church. The marvel of the church is not that Gentiles could be saved. They could always be saved. But the Gentiles could be considered one with Jews in Christ. That's incredible. There is a quote by Ronald Reagan. I love it. He says this, you can go to France and you'll never be a Frenchman. You can go to Germany or Turkey or Japan and you cannot become a German, a Turk or Japanese. But anybody... Anybody from any corner of the earth can come to live in America and become an American. Do you know that's the church of Jesus Christ? Yeah. You can come from any corner of this world. You can put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And listen, you will have the same blessings as anybody else. Yeah. You should be placed into the body. It's in the church, in the body, where this marvel is. It was a marvel of the church. It was a marvel. It was a marvel of Paul's position. Paul's the one preaching this. And he says in verse 8, look what he says. He, he totally understood his place. He said, unto me, who am less than the least of all of the saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul understood his position in the church. He was, I mean, you might be able to, might want to argue this position later, but he was not one of the original 12. He was not one of the 12 apostles. The apostle is a sent one. He was sent, yes. He was an apostle. He had the gifts of an apostle, absolutely. Yeah. But he did not walk with Christ during Christ's earthly ministry. Actually, he rejected Christ. Actually, he persecuted the church. Over in Galatians, he said this, Ye have heard of my conversation, my lifestyle, in the time past, in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God, listen to these words, and wasted it. Wow. Paul said, I'm nobody. I was a bad dude. He did a lot of bad stuff. He had a shameful past. Remember the stoning of Stephen? You know, remember this guy, Stephen, who was literally, they threw rocks on him till he died. Why? Because he preached Christ and they hated it. You know who's standing there? Paul. He even said, I consented unto his death. Yeah. When Paul says he wasted the church, we have no idea to know exactly how deep that really was. He had a shameful past and he marvels. He marvels that the grace was given to him to preach among those who he would have rejected about the mystery that he once sought to destroy. Don't you love how God works sometimes? Yeah. Some of you have friends that you knew growing up that cannot, they scratch their head at your life now. And they said, what happened to you? You turned into a weirdo. You turn into a, uh, you know, a crazy. No, it's Jesus Christ. 
No, he cha- no, it's not turning over a new leaf. It's not trying to make things better. It's Jesus Christ who changes us. And Paul was, was, was marveled over the fact that it was him who would preach this great gospel to the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. You see the marvel of the fellowship that he has in verse 9? And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. What's the mystery? It's the church. So he wants all men to see what is the fellowship of the church. What is the fellowship of the church? Well, Jews and Gentiles. This is why he's preaching. This is why he's going out. He wants people to see this. The fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. What was hid from the beginning? Redemption. The church, the work of the church. Do you realize God was redeemer before he was creator? Isn't that great? Amen. Paul, notice here the marvel of the fellowship. The Gentiles who were dogs, considered dogs, come into the same temple, the same place, the same church, and they could be one. Join heirs, same body, same family, same purpose, same destination, same eternal life, same uh, unsearchable riches of Christ. They're all one. Paul says, I preach, I preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ to make all men see what the church really is. I want them to see this. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Paul says, I can't believe I was one chosen to do it. I can't believe it. Right? I hated him. Now I'm preaching him. I persecuted him. Now I'm planting him. <laughs> now I'm planting churches. I hated Gentiles. Now, now I'm calling them to the Christ. I hated. I, I, I thought I was better than Gentile dogs. And now I get to tell them we're all at the same place. And he says, I'm the least of all of them. What a marvel is this grace that's been given to Paul. But I want to show you something else. Church is incredible. It really is. It's marvelous. It's of God. It's important. I'm going to show you another purpose here, though. Verse 8, he said that I should preach. Verse 9, he says to make all men see. Look at verse 10. To the intent. Why is Paul doing this? To the intent. That word intent means in order that, so that. Paul says, why am I preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ? Why am I trying to get all men to see the fellowship of the mystery? Well, there's one more reason why I'm doing this, Paul says. And it reveals again the magnitude, the greatness, the the enormity of the marvel of the church of Jesus Christ. Verse 10, he says, principalities and powers in heavenly places. You see that? To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. What on earth are principalities and powers in heavenly places? Yeah. You can look up the words. I don't want to bore you with a bunch of words here. I might bore you already with the words I already have. I don't want to add to it, right? They're speaking of angels. Angels. Those who have power and authority in a way above us. Jesus was made a little lower than the angels when he put on human flesh. 
These are the angels of heaven. They were created before God began the creation of the world. Sometime before, I don't know when. They're, they don't show up. I don't see them show up in the six days of creation. Over in Job, in Job 38, here, go over there real quick if you would. I'll show you this. Job 38. Look at verse 4. God said, and God was talking to Job, right? He's talking to him out of the whirlwind. It was time for Job to deal with some things. He says, he, God told Job, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Look at this. When the morning stars sang together. And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Who was that creation? The angels of God. When were they created? I don't know. But they were created before God began this creation. And they were there. They were there. They were there. Paul's other purpose, watch this, is for the benefit of the angels of God. Yeah, look at this. To the intent that. You see this? And to make, verse 9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now, under the principalities and powers in heavenly places, look at this, might be made known. I want all men to see something so that the angels will see something. Hold on. I want all men to see something so that the angels will see something. Yeah. As Paul marvels in the church, watch this, the angels of God marvel through the church, watching the church. Angels marvel by watching, by looking into. Well, we know they look into the things of salvation, right? First Peter chapter 1, verse 12, unto whom it is revealed, what was revealed, the grace of salvation that was prophesied in the Old Testament. That's what this verse is talking about. Uh, that not unto themselves, right? They weren't prophesying to, uh, in their own day, but of a coming day. But unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Now listen to this, which the angels desire to look into. So the angels of God desire to look into redemption. It's a marvel to them. I mean, think about it. I mean, these angels that are with God, they hadn't fallen. They stayed. The angels that have fallen are never redeemed. But wait a minute. When the angels look down at God's creation who fell, they see redemption. They say, wait a minute, these angels weren't redeemed, but you're redeeming them? Why? And the Bible says they look into that. They marvel at that. They marvel at redemption. They marvel at God's grace. They marvel at His mercy. That man who would once, who would once shake his fist at God could come to a place of humbling their heart before God and God forgiving and receiving and giving eternal life. The angels desire to look into salvation and they desire to look in to see something else in the church. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Yeah. What is it? Might be made known by the church 
the manifold wisdom of God. That word manifold, would you notice that word? If you know what a car manifold is, how many know what the intake manifold on a car is? Oh, good. Exhaust manifold? Good. If you know what an intake manifold is, you probably know an exhaust manifold. Proud of you, that's good. On an, on, on an intake manifold, you have a, on, the, on the real vehicles, you had a carburetor on top. And, uh, and that, that carburetor would bring in fuel and air and it'd mix the fuel and air just right. And uh, it, would, it would start at the top of that manifold was that hole that the carburetor was sitting on. And that air-fuel mixture would dump down into that manifold and then it would go from there into, into the other cylinders of that motor, preferably Eight. Eight. Watch, one, it, watch, it started at one place and it went out to a multiple of places. Now, an exhaust manifold does the opposite. It starts with the eight cylinders, four on each side, hopefully, four on each side, and it goes down. It takes all that exhaust from each of those cylinders, and it goes down and it brings it into one pipe and uh, sends it out the back of the car in the exhaust. And if it's a real vehicle, it'll have dual exhaust all the way out. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Okay, fine, water. Anybody have a, have a manifold in your house where the water comes in? Maybe you have a PEC system and water comes in, and it comes in one source and it branches out to all these other water lines that go through your house. It's a manifold. It's a manifold. One to many or many to one. Okay? I want to show you this. The word here, manifold, in our text isn't necessarily the same. It, it's, it, it, it is similar, kind of the same thing going on. But this word here, manifold, in the Greek, which I don't know the word, so I'll just tell you what it means. It means much variegated, marked off with a great variety of colors. Judy, do you have any variegated yarn? Do you? I know because my wife has it. She told me about it this morning. Should have brought it in. What is it? It's a bunch of colors put together to make one color. It's variegated. I do it with paint. You can take all sorts of paints and put them together and come up with this really cool looking pattern. It's a variegated pattern. They're not, no, they're not all mixed to make one muddy color. But they would all be put together in a pattern to make one unit thing of all the different colors. And when they're put together, it looks good. You might, you might look at all these colors set out aside and you go, that with that and that. That doesn't look good. But boy, somebody knows how to do that and put them together. looks really nice. Yeah. Angels desire, watch this, to see the variegated wisdom of God. Angels desire to see the manifold wisdom of God. What do you mean? Well, they saw God's wisdom in creation. They saw God's wisdom in redemption. 
They saw God's wisdom in calling Abraham out and and having a lineage for the Messiah. They saw God's wisdom in Israel. They could see God's uh, wisdom in becoming himself, becoming the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. They saw God's wisdom at Calvary. They saw his wisdom at the resurrection. They saw his wisdom at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit of God came and empowered the church that was there. These are, watch, these are the manifold wisdoms of God and there's many other, but watch this, they all come together in the church. And the angels look at the church and go, whoa. (gasps) That's how it all came together? I mean, this was good over here. I mean, creation was awesome, and redemption was incredible, and the cross, yes, I understand that, but wow, it all comes together in the church? Paul says, you know why I want people to see the church? To the intent now that the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God. You see, the angels were at creation, but the Bible does not say that they saw the manifold wisdom of God at creation. The angels were there when Jesus left heaven to become the seed of woman. But the Bible does not say that that is at the, at the incarnation of Christ is where they saw the manifold wisdom of God. The angels ministered to Jesus in the wilderness after the 40 days when Satan came and he defeated Satan. But it does not say that is where they saw the manifold wisdom of God. They watched Jesus crucified. They stood on the precipice of heaven wondering when they were going to be told by God, I think, to go. Jesus said, could not I have called 10,000 angels to take me off of here? And he could have. And he stayed. But it was not there where they saw the manifold wisdom of God. They were at the resurrection. (laughs) That angel sitting in the tomb said, he is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come see where the body lay. But it was not there where the Bible says they saw the manifold wisdom of God. There is only one place where this is seen. There's only one place where the Bible says the angels of God look to see the manifold wisdom of God. Well, look at this. It's in the churches of God. It might be made known by the church, through the church, in the church. where the wisdom of creation and redemption come together. That one place where they can watch the fellowship of the mystery. Jew and Gentile in one place. That one place where they can watch the preaching of the word of God, where they can see worldwide missions, where they can watch a body in unity, where they can see the vehicle for the gospel going out in all the world and preaching this gospel where they can see the culmination of the plan of redemption come together, where they can see Jesus still active in his earthly ministry of reconciling the world world back to himself. It's the church, the church that the angels look into. And when they look into the church, they go, wow, the wisdom of God. All of it come together in this one place. Listen, it comes together nowhere else. Don't minimize the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just not something we go to. It's just not something that we're just ho-hum. 
It's just not something that when we feel like we've messed up life enough, we'll just go ahead and try this out now and give it a whirl. Maybe it'll help. And I hope it does. No, it's bigger than that. It's way more important than that. Absolutely. It was the intent of God to manifest his wisdom to the world and put it on display before the angels of heaven. And it's done right here in the church. Paul says, one reason why I do what I do, why it's so important, the ministry that I have, that I think all the time, how on earth has God called me to do this? Why me? I'm I'm not worthy of this. One reason he realizes it's so important is because the angels of God are learning more and more about God as they watch the church. They see all of the wise moves of God variegated together in His churches. It's pretty important, isn't it? Pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Let me ask you a question. If the angels find it necessary to come to church, per se, to marvel at the wisdom of God, I wonder what our attitude should be of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that a fair question? Do you realize angels are watching Crimson Avenue Baptist Church? I wonder if they ever sit in sad amazement at some of the attitudes of church that we can have at some times. If the activity of angels motivated Paul to preach the gospel and to help everyone to see the marvel of the church, do you think it should motivate us to at least have a biblical attitude of this church? Pretty big deal, isn't it? No, the world is minimizing it today. The world has turned, listen, the world has turned the church of Jesus Christ. It's turned the church into a rock concert. It's turned it into entertainment. You know, during COVID, a family member of mine who lives out of state said, they they said, you know, one thing I realized during COVID when everything went online and and they don't belong to a Baptist church or or they just... They're in a different church. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen in Baptist churches. Don't get me wrong, because it does. But she said, the one thing I noticed was when you took away the music and you took away the lights and you took away all the, all the stuff that we have at church, our pastor really didn't have much to say. There really wasn't much there. No, this is what's happened to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why it's powerless, friend. This is why you get laughed at. This is why you get mocked at. This is why people are like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, isn't that cute? Little thing going in over there. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Because the attitude of the members are affecting, right, the ability and the power in, in the ministry that we have. This is an important thing, friend. Yeah. It really is. Let's not minimize it. 
Let's make sure we don't let anything creep into our heart and life. And I say that, creep in, because it comes slowly, and sometimes we don't even recognize it. Creep in to minimize what God is doing. If angels come to our church, right, what would they see? I understand, listen, I understand they're going to see the manifold wisdom of God. I get that. But what will they see, our, how, what will they observe of our attitude towards what they are blown away by? Right. Hey, have you ever known anybody that you've watched something that they have as some kid, they've, they've been grown up with more than you could have ever imagined having? And they just go, huh. That's all I got was a car. I wanted this one. And you go, I walked. <laughs> right? I rode a bicycle till I was 40. Right? You're the, I, I didn't, but... Uh, but no, no, you look at that and you're like, you ingrate. You have more than you could ever imagine. You should be appreciative. Nobody owes you anything. Right? Nobody owes you all of this nice stuff. Nobody owes you a thing. Sometimes I wonder if the angels of God look upon the churches of God and go, oh, you don't even realize what you have. Hey, listen, even though the world may be going that way and churches may be going that way around us, let's make sure we don't. Let's make sure we don't. Why? Listen, why? Because the commission for us is given to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Listen, if we minimize the church, we're going to minimize the mission. And when we minimize the mission, people who are lost and on their way to hell don't get the good news of the gospel, that they can be saved, that they can be born again, that they can have all of their sins forgiven, right? And have life eternal. It's a big deal, isn't it? Our Father, thank you for that church. Thank you for the manifold, your manifold wisdom, how it's variegated together and comes together. We see it in, the, in this body, the church. Lord, would you help us today not to minimize, not to think little of or not to allow other people's opinions of, this, of, a, of a church to get into our thinking and that we would view it in the wrong way. Would you help us there? And then, Father, as we better or allow our view of the church to become more and more biblical, and as we allow it to hold a, a greater place in our heart as it ought to, Lord, would it also motivate us to be busy about what we're supposed to be busy about, which is telling people about Jesus Christ. Would you help us to do that? Lord, we pray you'd work at this time of invitation. You'd work in hearts. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand this morning, if you would, please. The instrument's going to play. will be just a few minutes. Maybe the Lord's spoken to you. And Christian, you may need to spend a little bit of time with the Lord this morning and ask God to help you, help you to keep, keep a priority the position of the church in your life, however God has spoken.
while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, there's people that are watching online. There's maybe somebody here today. I don't know. And this is the mission of the church right here, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you have never come to a place in your life where you've been born again. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's never been a day. No, you can remember a day when you, when you bought a, a, a new car. You can remember a day when you uh, said, I do to that spouse. But you can never remember a day when you came before God personally, you and him alone, admitted that you are lost and asked him to save you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking around. I won't come to you. I won't say a thing. Maybe you could say, you know what, I don't know. I don't know if I were to die today if I'd go to heaven. I have no idea. I don't know if I were to die today if I go to heaven or hell. I don't know. But I would like to know. I would like to know. Would you raise your hand? Just briefly put it up, put it down, and we'll pray for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if that's you here today, we have people that are trained that know the Bible, that we can take you aside and show you from the Word of God how that you can know today that your sins are forgiven, that you're made right with your Creator, and that relationship with Him would be reconciled back as if you were never a sinner in the first place. You can have that hope today. You stop and get somebody. You grab me, grab somebody, and we'll show you how you can know. Christian, have you minimized God's church? Maybe the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on some areas. I'm not going to listen. I wouldn't know what they are, but maybe there's something he's saying. Right here, you know what? You've kind of minimized this by whatever it is. Maybe he'll tell you. Whatever he says, would you respond to him and get that right? Praise the Lord for his church. Praise the Lord. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer this morning. Get around and say hello. I think you've already had time to do that, but ah, do it again. Say something nice. How about that? Martin, say something nice. I'll try. Okay. Amen. Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer this morning. Uh, Brother Davidson, would you close us this morning in a word of prayer?